This episode is sponsored by Monk Manual, a company focused on helping men, women, and now children grow in peaceful being and purposeful doing. If you are looking for a great gift for a friend, family member, or for yourself this holiday season, the Monk Manual has you covered. The Monk Manual's 90-Day Planner is a daily system designed to help men and women intentionally focus on the things that matter most. The Monk Manual supports the whole person through its integration of busy everyday life with ever-present spiritual growth. At times, we are all prone to fall into the trap of seeing our lives as two disconnected realities, separating our work lives from our spiritual lives. The Monk Manual is designed to reflect the fact that we have only one life and everything in it has a spiritual dimension. Inspired by monks and backed by science, the Monk Manual is perfect for anyone who wants to transcend a life of grind to one that is full of peace and purpose. It's the perfect way to support your growth and intentional productivity during the upcoming Advent season, the new year, and beyond. The Monk Manual team also just released the Sprout Journal, which is really cool, a daily reflection practice for children ages 8 to 12. With the Sprout Journal, kids are able to build a daily practice of gratitude, generosity, and discernment. Through the daily prompts and weekly themes, children learn to engage their unique purpose, setting them on a path of generosity and gratitude. In a world that is increasingly noisy, the Sprout Journal's daily practice of quiet reflection will plant the seeds for a more contemplative and intentional life, one rooted in the development of the whole person. Abiding Together listeners receive 10% off their purchase at checkout with the discount code ABIDE10. Visit them online at monkmanual.com. That's M-O-N-K manual.com. God bless you. Hi, and welcome to season 10 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to have you with us this season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. We talk about our life with Christ. We talk about big things, small things, beautiful things, sorrowful things. We laugh, we cry, you'll fit right in. (laughs) You are most welcome here, so please, Grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. That's us. Which you can see. We're here. Featured on YouTube. Here we are again, once again. I yeah. see you. Together again. Yeah. I know. I see you. We're all at the same table. I see you. Yes. I mean, okay, are we we're dreaming? Good. Is, are we still alive? We're oh, still here. Jesus. We're recording all this in two days. Can we just say that to everybody? Yes, so, we like, can. we're wearing some similar clothes for those of you who are watching because. Michelle, do you have 12 outfits? I mean, sister has it easy. We're yeah, like, well, I have 12 of these. So. Really I've, I've changed every episode. I don't like, even know. Like, you guys, I don't know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. like, I don't have it's 12 like shirts to wear. I don't think so. But it's per season, though. Or it's per block of topics. Yes, that's true. Because this is block two. So people that are watching us, yeah. people that are listening to us have no idea what we're talking about. But people that yeah. are seeing us can see that. And maybe they'll want to see Michelle's beautiful yeah, lilac. Of course they do. Sure. Lilac? Yeah, because you guys sure, kind of match. Lovely. Thank you. Plan we that. planned that. I mean, no, we didn't. The color scheme. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, true. welcome okay. to Abiding Together. <laughs> All the guys are like, see ya. You guys are like, and turning yeah. us off. Okay. Well. So, well, welcome to our four-part series on the identity of sister. And we finished last week, talked about the universal call to sisterhood and the gifts of sisterhood. And today, ladies, we're going to be very honest, and we're going to talk about the wounds of sisterhood. Mean girls. Mean girls. Regina George. (laughs) She's not coming on with this. Uh On Wednesdays, we wear pink. (laughs) 
Do you want me to so, quote more? Is there Jane? No, this is Lila. You're quoting the movie. Just for those okay, who don't yeah. know. Just, if you haven't seen the movie, Mean Girls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so all of us, yes, all of us, uh, all of us in the wounds we bear in our hearts, some of our deepest wounds come from women mm-hmm. and from sisters. And we talk about wounds of motherhood, but we're talking about especially wounds of sisterhood, uh, mm-hmm. of other women, like friends, sisters, just the, a, a, kind of an exterior also kind of reality too, where we've just been deeply hurt by other women, which causes us many times to close our hearts and to make a vow saying, I will never trust women. Women are not safe. They are this, 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 and this. And we close our hearts off to something so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk very honestly about that today. Um, but what we're doing first is we're going to, once again, guide this whole series in one particular scripture passage. And we're going to talk about just the deep beauty of sisterhood in Mary and Elizabeth. So once again, we will read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary replied, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. And from this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Mm-hmm. You can just feel, like we're going to talk about woundedness today, but you can just feel the closeness of Mary and Elizabeth, like the safety of their mm-hmm. friendship and the safety of their, the bonding of their hearts and just the beauty of their, of their shared life together, focused toward the Lord. Um, but in that we all know the other side of that as well. And so maybe, Michelle, do you want to read that quote from Edith Stein that you have, which is so piercing. I have, I've thought of it so many times since you shared it with us many t- many months ago, and I, I love that we're going to talk about it um, extensively today. Yes. This is a quote we used from our Advent series last year, but it is too good not to repeat because oh, yeah. I really, I think about this all the time, mm-hmm. this quote, and it says, none of us is completely free of the fierce tendency to grasp and control. Mm -hmm. Every woman has something in herself inherited from Eve, and she must search for the way from Eve to Mary. There is a bit of defiance in each woman when she does not want to humble herself under any sovereignty, and each there is something of that desire which reaches for that forbidden fruit. Mm, Girl. Amen. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think this is like that. I love that fierce 
tendency. So true. Like it's not just a little tendency, <clears throat> ladies. It is something fierce within mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. about to want to grasp and want to control. Mm-hmm. And that we've been using Elizabeth and Mary as this prototype yes. of what sisterhood should be. Mm-hmm. You know, what kinship should be, like mm-hmm. sisterhood as family mm-hmm. and all that. And I wanted to even like for us to even talk about like to contrast that and compare it with um, Hagar and Sarah in Genesis. Ooh. You know, mm-hmm. because here it is very similar. For Sarah, she was given a promise also mm-hmm. that she and Abraham would have more descendants than the stars. Mm-hmm. And even though she was barren and that she was older, that mm-hmm. she would have all these descendants. And so the Lord gave that promise, and then years go by, and that promise isn't happening. Oh, so hard. So Hagar, their slave woman, she makes a plan, mm-hmm. you know, and asks, you know, her husband, which I'm like, girl, what's she doing? <laughs> you know, right. to sleep I'm with like, this slave woman, you know, and I'm like, Abraham, what? I mean, the Lord <laughs> works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Isn't like salvation history great? Oh my You're gosh. like the Bible. <laughs> Drama. I'm like, basically, yes. I was like, yes. what, Abraham? Like, I mean, yeah, the whole God dysfunction, the yes. whole dysfunction Like of you it can all. never think, yes. Yeah. Everybody, yes. Anyway, yeah. we Every go, family's well, got a little dysfunction. Every family's got a little dysfunction, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, and so poor Hagar, she does it. Yeah. You know, she is obedient to Sarah and does it. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah gets jealous. Mm-hmm. And then, ba- you know, then, you know, Hagar gets pregnant. That's where Ishmael comes from. Mm-hmm. And then because Sarah didn't hold fast to the promise, mm-hmm. you know, she grasped, she manipulated, mm-hmm. she did all of that. She did not hold fast to the promise or she didn't hold fast to the way that the Lord was going to deliver that promise. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but there's so many times like, okay, Lord, I know. Like you want something that the Lord has for you, but you're going to make it happen on your own. Mm-hmm. That we don't do it in his power. We do mm-hmm. it in our grasping, mm-hmm. you know, and we want something forbidden fruit or, oh, maybe I should do it this way. Or, oh. And we take it and then we get mad, you know. When mm-hmm. things don't work out like the way we want. Mm-hmm. But that jealousy of Sarah with Hagar. Mm-hmm. And then she banishes the poor woman, mm-hmm. you know. And then we'll go into the very ending of the story in a little while with Hagar. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I'm someday. wondering what that's stirring in you, yeah. sister. You know, well, I'm just noticing. Story. Yeah, it, it's such a deep story. <clears throat> and also, you see the the heart of Hagar, who, you know, probably is younger, obviously. Yes. And you know, let's be honest about our women and our brokenness. Now she's got, you know, she got what she wanted. She's pregnant and she's got a promise too. She's got an heir, right? And then she begins to despise Sarai. So you can see that the mm-hmm. the rest, the, like the reciprocal hatred. You see the the jealousy of of Sarai after she realizes what she's done, and maybe the favor Abraham now gave Hagar. I mean, you just see all oh, the, all, all the dynamics this. of her hearts, and then Hagar looking at her saying, "Hey, I'm pregnant." You know, you could just. You could just imagine. I'm young and pregnant. Yes, I'm young and pregnant. I have the heir, the firstborn. I mean, she's not stupid. Like, she knows Mm-mm. what's going on. And then you see Sarah turning to her husband, and you just see, like, this disintegration of their marital bond and just the brokenness there. And, you know, then Sarah abuses her so deeply. You know, she flees. Like, just the horrific abuse. But you see in both of those women, just say, for example, just the tremendous brokenness of both and just yes. all the ways that that we as women, we have to be attentive to our hearts because mm-hmm. that manipulation, that seduction, that harshness, the grasping, the control, the fear, the domination, the damsel in distress, like all those ways that we try to get our own needs met mm-hmm. are ferocious within us Fierce. unless we come to Christ and ask him to order our loves and order our hearts. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's formidable. It is. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about for you, Heather? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, about my experiences being younger with other Mm -hmm. girls and Mm -hmm. stuff. And I thought, you know, like there's so much of my life at the beginning was around boys. Like Mm -hmm. I just grew up in a neighborhood full of boys. Mm -hmm. There was no girls in my neighborhood. 
I had my brother, who was the next closest to me. I'm the mm-hmm. youngest. And my sister um, moved out when I was only 10. So mm-hmm. I just didn't have a lot of girls around. So sure. I was friends with the boys. Yeah. Which meant I was into sports. I played soccer from a really young age. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents are Scottish. My dad's a huge <laughs> soccer, football, dad, football. Yeah, okay, yeah. football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was term. just yes, like, yes. A, you know, a part of my world for so long. And so I tended to be more into sports and hanging out with the boys. But that caused a lot of jealousy with the girls because I was oh, always the one with okay. the boys. Oh, and, okay. and I'm thinking, what are you, what? Yeah. Like, I was so confused by it because yeah. I didn't even understand. <laughs> that was not on yes. my radar yeah. at in grade seven like I'm just thinking that's seventh I'm... grade for the United States okay go ahead <laughs> middle school for other people oh, that's yes, what it that go. is okay seven. go ahead okay, okay this Canadian kid does not speak your language yeah so I think I my first experience that I can remember is just being confused Mm-hmm. by judgment and jealousy that they were experiencing. And so they didn't like me. So then I was ostracized for a little oh, bit from the girl group. Yeah. But I was just so confused by it because I didn't even know what was going on. It wasn't even what was happening in my yeah, own heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I think like, and then it's sort of switched. Like as I grew up into high school, then I met some girls who just were just like me. I don't know what it was. It wasn't that they did the same things as me, but they got me. They saw me. We understood each other. Like even our humor and everything just sort of came together. And that was so healing for mm-hmm. me to have girls that even to this day were in touch with each other Aww. and have a group text where we're texting each other every day. And the loyalty that they've shown um, has been so healing. So those are like just two experiences of like one that hurt that was also so confusing to me Mm -hmm. because I didn't even, I think I didn't even know a lot about my own feminine heart because all I was around was boys. Like aside from Mm -hmm. my mom, like I was just like boys, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. so that took some growing. Yeah. But for a while there was no other women there, no other girls there Mm -hmm. to even show me anything. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, how about you, Michelle? I think for me, like from a young age, I was really shy, believe it or not, as a young girl. I don't believe it. I know, (laughs) as a young girl. And then I grew out of it around fourth or fifth grade, but I've always had like girlfriends. Like that's something Mm -hmm. that's very easy. And there was a couple of mean girl things in elementary school, but like they weren't like huge, you know, it was just little secrets or whatever, but they also confused my heart because mm-hmm. I was always one of those ones where I just really couldn't understand why people couldn't be kind. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I see it in my daughter, Lily, like she's yeah. very kind. She's lovely. Yeah. And so she's just yeah. very, like, and wants everyone to like one another. Like, why can't we all like each other? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to her. And then like, th- I think there's something that happens in middle school, like middle school. I, mm. I was always <laughs> middle school and high school. There's I was a lot always that happens just, in yes, middle many things. Yeah. I was always really good friends with certain people, but I, also was really good friends with people that could be really mean too, but I was never one of them, you mm-hmm. know, but then I probably think there was a lot of guilt by association, mm-hmm. you know, in that. And I think for me, it was actually a sin of omission. Like I didn't do anything mm-hmm. like I allowed other mm-hmm. people to do, you know, mm-hmm. which is, I think about that, but then yet there was a really good sisterhood too. It was like a whole mixed bag of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when I left and went to college and then, um, and when I got deeper into my faith, I really realized how sisterhood could be transformed and go deeper and that it could really learn how to be for one another mm-hmm. in an even deeper way, mm-hmm. you know. But I think for me, um, women is like, I'm a girl, like, I just like girlfriends. Like, mm-hmm. I've always had them. I wasn't a tomboy. Mm-hmm. And so I just, yeah, it came very naturally to me. But then I have been hurt, I think more so um 
in when I've had children just dealing with different mothers, Um, you know, I think that has been the more challenging part mm -hmm. for me is like when you deal with other people and other people's children, you know, and like, I'm not, I cannot stand when people label (laughs) the jaw, like other people's children or when they label it's not even, it doesn't even have to be my own child. Like that yeah. kid's bad or this is this child or the, like, and just the competition when it comes with mothers, with their kids, yeah. that drives me insane, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you how I really feel. But and anyway. seeing our girls hurt by other girls. Yes. That's oh, so yeah. hard. Oh, yes. Imagine. Yes. Yeah. You know. anyway. Like probably feels like, well, I think in many ways we live, we, we relive middle <clears throat> school over and over again <laughs> as middle schoolers, as high schoolers, as, I mean, there's certain dynamics, even as adult We've all had conversations where you've been in the midst of adult women and it does feel like middle school and mm-hmm. you have a queen bee and you have like all the, and you have the, the girls mm-hmm. still, pe- the, the grown women still competing for attention with the queen. It's just fascinating how like our childhood wounds will often play out over and over and over again. And I think for me, I've always been surrounded by girls because I played sports my whole life and was oh, in yes. dance yes, and yes, yes. music lessons and band and things like that. And so there's a beautiful camaraderie through that. And there's also like, I think there's also been a deep competition as well mm-hmm. because one mm-hmm. some of my earliest memories of friendship is fun but also comparing myself mm-hmm. and that was been a be a deep sorrow in my life of comparing myself to other women in my mm-hmm. life and mostly as me is inferior of experiencing myself as inferior and i uh yeah i love i just i had a lot of different kinds of friends because of sports and because of different things i do at school and, and different classes that i was in but there were also times i think especially probably late middle school and high school i was one of the mean girls to mm-hmm. be quite honest. And I don't know if I've ever said that in public before, but it's true. And mm-hmm. I, I just think of myself then and I was horrifically awful to a couple of girls in high school. And I, I, I wish that to this day I could see them because I would apologize because mm-hmm. I have not forgotten. I'm sure they haven't forgotten mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. And I look at myself back then. So <clears throat> let me just say this to all the women. If you've been bullied by other girls mm-hmm. in high school or in middle school or in your life, I just want to say how sorry I am for that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did that, the reason why I was so horrendously unkind to some of the girls in my school is because I was so deeply insecure mm-hmm. and I was so hurting and so full of self-hatred mm-hmm. that it was much easier for me to pick on them and to be harsh to them than to face my own brokenness. Amen. And so just on behalf of that, I'm very sorry, mm-hmm. just very sorry. And, you know, when I look at myself at that age, like I didn't want to be like that. Like it just, that was, I was surviving. Mm-hmm. I was surviving. Mm-hmm. And that's not... I'm like, oh gosh, you know, things that you wish you could go back and, and, and repair. And maybe one day God will allow me that. But that's really what's happening. You know, bullies will often, or you know, people that are unkind to you, whether it's a bully or not, but people that are unkind to you often present as having their all, all their stuff together, but inside they're tremendously broken. Otherwise they wouldn't quote unquote need to do that. Yes. There would be no need yes. to it's do like that. It's like they're so mm-hmm. low that they mm-hmm. can only, their only way in their mind out of that is to step on other people to mm-hmm. get up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a horrible dynamic. And I think the more that we understand people's stories again, Mm -hmm. like that's where we can have some compassion. It doesn't excuse all the behavior, you know, but, but I think we can have some compassion and understand. But I think at those early ages, that's not on our radar, you know? And so sometimes we can look back and I would say um, for, for all of us and for those listening, like to be careful about being dismissive because you can look at something through your adult eyes Mm -hmm. now and go, well, I know they were just, you know, whatever, whatever. But as a kid, you didn't know that. You just experienced the pain and the hurt. And so it's okay to just like have the pain and the hurt there and to invite Jesus into that, you know, to heal that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they do leave lasting effects because we do in those painful moments, we make vows and we make agreements that, that echo throughout when we're grown women now saying, 
I will never trust women or I don't feel mm-hmm. safe in a company of women. Mm-hmm. I only feel safe around men or I only feel safe around. And it, it's telling us a story, like you're saying, of the dis- where we've all been dismissed and we've all been picked on and like the, where we just like, oh, versus, yeah, yeah what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Just last week, my mom's in her 70s. I, she'd be okay with me sharing this, mm-hmm. but she's in her 70s and she brought up a comment that, that a girl made at school when she was probably in the sixth grade. Oh, and it's gosh. still yeah. to this day holds her bound in certain areas. And Mm. there's a few of them, you know, there's a few comments that I've heard her say over the years that I'm like, wow, that's just never gone away. Like it really made its Mm. way in there. And I think, I think, you know, like as an adult, we can go, oh, who cares? You know, kids are mean and kids say things, just get over it. It's like, Mm -hmm. but when you're little and you're young, those things, you don't have a place for them. Like you said, it's Mm -hmm. confusing sometimes. You've never heard it before. You don't understand what it all means. And so they take a root in your heart that over over time, it grows into something pretty big, like oh, unless yes. we take it out and we yeah. have to go back to those roots. So it might have been something small, but it can turn into something big mm-hmm. in our life if it goes unaddressed. And I think a lot of times we don't understand the power of words or actions and oh, how agree. much they actually impact us, oh, both gosh. positive and negative. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then even going back to like the scripture with Sarah and Hagar, like, you know, Hagar, I mean, Sarah's being mean to Hagar mm-hmm. and she leaves and she's in the desert and the angel of the Lord comes to um, Hagar and the Lord sees her. I love this. And then, you know, in verse 13, she said, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me because mm-hmm. the Lord comes to her in the desert after she's run away mm-hmm. and tells her about the promises that he has for her. And I love that the because it goes back to daughter that we want to be seen and known yes. and love. Mm-hmm. And I think each of us have had situations with w- women where we have felt excluded. Oh, gosh. Or not seen. Yep. Or we haven't yep. been invited yep. to something. Mm-hmm. Or we haven't done whatever. We haven't gotten the invitation or the invite. And whether it doesn't matter, like, a certain situation. So or like, okay, did they intentionally leave me out? Or did mm-hmm. they not realize? Or did they just not see me? Yeah. You know, I want to be a part of this. Like, yes. do they just not see me? Mm-hmm. But then, so for each of us that have had that situation, like, we're in the desert and we feel like we're all alone. Yeah. But God saw us. God saw us in those situations and God was there. Mm -hmm. And those places where we felt like we weren't invited or wanted, the Lord saw us, you know, Mm -hmm. the Lord, you know, wanted to, you know, wants us there and he sees us and we have been seen and he's continues to see us Mm -hmm. in those little places. Like you said, like, um, and I think we make, so like we were talking about making vows and we just make assumptions about other people too. They don't like me because, and then we fill in the blank and Mm -hmm. we don't know what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. We don't know their stories. We don't know their things, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're, I think, what comes with maturity is also bringing clarity to assumptions, Mm -hmm. you know, like where you have to have the conversations with the women and you're like, I'm assuming this, is this truth? Yep. You know, like this is what I'm thinking that you're thinking is this truth? You know, like, I mean, we just had a conversation about this morning. morning, Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, cause I was laughing and she's like, are you making fun of me? I'm like, like, no, no, I'm delighting in you. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. she's like, oh, you know. And so, but mm-hmm. it comes with the maturity yeah. of a conversation. Like, we both just go there. Like, no. Yeah. And like, let yeah. me reframe that really yeah. quickly. Yeah. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that. And then, like, 
uh, for me, like, I'm always, like, very careful now, even in certain conversations, like, hey, I want to come back and say, just for clarity's sake, yes. you know, yeah. to make sure, like, I think I did it for you a couple months ago, like, hey, I went ahead and made this decision, but I want to come back for clarity's sake, just so you know how this decision was made, so you didn't mm -hmm. think I left you out of this decision, mm -hmm. you know, like, I think that's a sign of maturity, mm -hmm. and that's a sign of clarity, because, we, <clears throat> man, we can go zero to 60 and think, like, oh, this person thinks this, this, and this, and this person's not thinking anything mm -hmm. sometimes, mm -hmm. like, we have have to. And one of um, the sayings that my husband always says is fill the gap with trust, Michelle. Oh, that's a good one. He's always Go like, fill the gap tr with trust. If you don't know, <laughs> and like you think, he said, assume the best and <laughs> fill that gap until you bring clarity in the situation with trust, <laughs> that you trust that person is for you, that they want the best for you, and that they care about you. Just, <laughs> you know, fill in the gap with trust. Yeah, so. exactly. And and I think when you do come along someone who is consistently hurtful, yeah, there is a point where I think it's the right thing to do to take yeah. a step back. Oh, and that's yeah. hard oh, when you... Yes are a really loyal person or it's hard when you're like, but this might be my only friend and then I'm going to be alone or whatever. So mm -hmm. we can put up with a lot of things. Yeah. And I think, you know, at some point we have to be, again, like honor ourselves as I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I have dignity as a child of mm -hmm. God, as a daughter of God. And I do deserve to be treated with yes. dignity and kindness and goodness. And not that people get it right all the time and we can forgive and all yeah. of that. But but sometimes you might have a toxic relationship in your life. Yeah. And and it's important at some point. <clears throat> and maybe you need to talk to a counselor or, or mm -hmm. somebody else who's outside of the situation to gain some perspective. And also to get the courage to just say, mm -hmm. this isn't okay mm -hmm. for me anymore. You mm -hmm. know, and um, I think those are hard calls to make. Yeah. in life mm -hmm. in general with a lot of relationships. But yes. I think especially with women, we can feel the toxicity mm -hmm. sometimes is very, very strong. Mm -hmm. There can be a lot of like gossip and dynamics mm -hmm. around things that you're like, you know, at some point, like if you're looking for good friends, then you have to cultivate those qualities within yourself, the fruits of the spirit, like we talked about, but you also have to seek out good friends oh, and so say, true. yeah, friend. there's certain things I'm not going to settle for yeah. anymore. Yeah. And I think there's also, I also think there's friends for a season. Sometimes we talk, yes, there are mm -hmm. lifelong friends mm -hmm. like you can have forever. And then there are friends for a season, yeah. you know, and like you, you don't want to change friends like you, you know, change outfits. Or, well, you never change your outfit. So, you know, you're stuck no. with them. <laughs> so, but, so, yeah, there you go. But there are friends for a season, like people grow and change yes, and transform and you need different people in different seasons, mm -hmm. you know, and really lean into the Holy Spirit for that. And it's not like you ditch people after no. that season, but you grow and you transform. And you have to communicate. Yes. Like that's what's hard. Like yes. somebody that I know right now is transitioning between some friendships, just realizing, you know, this is actually they're more aligned with who I am. And I'm like, but be careful, because yes. if you just ditch out on people that you've created sacred space with and they've shared your heart and, yeah. and you've shared your heart and they've shared their heart, Absolutely. like that can be super damaging. So you always want you're not leaving relationships, no. but transition relationships. Well, communicate exactly. a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, don't leave people hanging. What are you what are you needing mm -hmm. right now? And then be honest about what you're able to give. Those are so hard, those conversations They're to have hard. because you're like, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want them to think badly of me, you know, all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I, I think about that podcast that we listened to several years ago about adult friendships. I can't remember where we heard it even. But the woman in the podcast was saying that on average, you will every seven years oh, yeah. exchange at least one or two people in your immediate circle of friends just by the oh, nature yes. of what you go through every seven years in your life. And so she was like, think about seven years ago, who was in your immediate circle? 
and then seven years before that. I just think now, so it's just interesting to think of, of like the natural transition of life Yes, and how like the ebb and flow of relationships. And she talked a lot about how adult relationships take a lot of work Mm -hmm. of how we're used to as children going to school and having built in friends or at sports teams or, but, um, the adult friendships and sisterhood takes, like we've said this before, that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to make time to have tea or coffee or hang out or to share hearts or to really, like you said, Heather, test friendships, you know, because not like I love Brene Brown. She's like, not everybody has a right to hear your heart Oh, because not everybody can bear the beauty of it. Yes. Not everybody can. And that's okay. And we don't have to have, you know, I think it's in the book of Proverbs that says have a thousand confidants in one or have a thousand acquaintances in one friend, like Mm -hmm. one confidant. So. There's circles of intimacy. There's, it's okay that you you have certain friendships with one pe- person that you don't have with others. Like just to understand like the the intricate web of friendships that not everybody has to be your best friend that you bear your heart to, because mm-hmm. not everybody can. Yeah, bear that, and that's okay, yeah. and that's okay. But that I pray, I love that you do that, Heather. That you pray for good friends, because I do the same thing. So mm-hmm. many times in my life, I'm like, Lord, help me to become the friend I'm called to be, and bless me with good holy friends. Mm-hmm. Like I need you to do that for me, and and He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think, you know, it's important to to really like, uh, again, be be curious about mm-hmm. what is happening in our own hearts in yes. regards to friendships. Like, yep. what kind of friend am I? Am I a good friend? Am I a loyal friend? Am mm-hmm. I trustworthy? Do I mm-hmm. do I keep things in confidence well? For yes. people, you know, do I honor mm-hmm. stories? Um, am I a safe place? Mm-hmm. You know, and if I'm not, why mm-hmm. do I tend to team up with one and push another one out so mm-hmm. that I can create this false intimacy with another at the expense of someone? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just dynamics oh, yeah. that I think we we have to be mature enough to say, like, I need to take an honest look at what kind of friend I am, mm-hmm. what kind of person I am, mm-hmm. what I am pouring into people, what feedback is, what are my blind spots that mm-hmm. I can't see? Like, oh, is there absolutely. someone you're willing to open the door and say, what can you see that I can't see? Mm-hmm. Um, I think to grow as a person, like, those dynamics have to come into the light, mm-hmm. and then there has to be a willingness to say, I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. You can change. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something about like for us also, like we have to extend the invitation and be intentional, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. Am I inviting people into my heart? Yep. You know, if these are safe people, am I inviting people into my heart? Am I inviting transparency and vulnerability, you know, to Mm -hmm. other people? Am Mm -hmm. I modeling that for them Mm -hmm. so they can say like, or when they, you know, I invite them in, but then I'm a closed door, you know, like what is it? You know, what are they receiving from me also? That's a really hard dynamic that I've experienced a couple of times where I've had a really close friendship. And then all of a sudden it starts to become more and more superficial. And I get for me, I don't know how to do that. Like, I I don't know why or what's going on. And it's not personal, I don't think. But I I don't I don't know how to interact in a superficial way for an extended amount of time, you know. So I think there's there's impact. The other person knows Mm -hmm. when you're holding back. Oh, yeah. You know. And like you said, you have to be discerning. You don't share everything oh, with sure. everyone. But, but when it's appropriate, I think, yeah, we have to be willing to trust. Yeah. Push past that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So lots of food for thought, my friends. Yeah. And I think maybe today as we kind of close this episode, I'm just wondering, I'm sure this has probably stirred up a lot in a lot of people. And I know these are not easy things. And maybe there are some women coming to your heart or stories that you've had from grade school or middle school or high school or college, or now even you're in a women's group and it's just painful or just to, to honor that part of your heart and not to be dismissive. And then if you have also places where we've also inflicted other people with deep suffering or suffering that 
to be honest about that as well and just allow the Lord to to gently bring those places to light. And, and maybe today we can just decide that what happened in the past does not have to continue. Amen. Yeah. And that so good. we have may, maybe have made an agreement in the past that women are not safe, but that's actually not true. Mm -hmm. There are certain women that have hurt us, but it does not mean that women are not safe and it does not mean that women are not good and beautiful. And so I think for us to, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of agreement with those places and just ask the Lord to attend to our hearts and to give us the courage to, to once again, uh, to to behold women in our heart and, and to be a good gift in our femininity to others and to be real sisters. And, and that, like we've said this whole time, that's the daily becoming. Mm -hmm. That's the daily becoming. But I think the, the agreements that we've made a long time ago, those keep us stuck in certain places in darkness mm -hmm. and in bondage and like the spiritual yeah. strongholds. So I think us being very honest about those places and giving Jesus permission to bring us out of our cave of darkness into the light little by little. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Amen. So... Dear friends, what is our one thing for the week? Heather Kim, would you like to share with us your one thing? Well, it's fall now. Then this episode will be Oh, out. it is. Well, so a fall favorite in, the in my family, coming from my parents, this recipe for steak pie. What? Yeah, what? Have I been so with British. you this whole time and still we did not know this? Well, or you, you haven't made have it never for had us. It. Well, I think you guys don't come ever in the fall. To visit me. Totally it's definitely a fall dinner. It's only in the fall. Come yeah. on, girls. What's in it? Or tell us what's up. in it real quick. Well, steak. Okay. <laughs> and, and pie. And end of story. That's there you go. such a British like thing. Like yeah. it's just like a, a total comfort food okay. meal. You make mashed potatoes with it. What? And you get like um, stewing beef. Okay. You know that? Like yeah, little yeah, chunks yeah, yeah. of yeah. beef, right? And you put it in the slow cooker okay. or on your stovetop or whatever. So you brown it. You get you put Montreal steak spice on it. Mm -hmm. You get it going and then you pour water in there. You flour it, you know, put flour all over okay. it. And then you put water in there. And so as it cooks, it creates this gravy. You want to put a little, oh my gosh, I'm going to put the <laughs> recipe in there. And then, I'm hungry. And, then hungry. and then it like gets super tender, like these little chunks, right? Mm -hmm. Then you put it into a dish and then you get out the puff pastry Ooh. and you put it on top. She's big on just, that puff pastry. That's nice. I, like I only salmon make two Wellington. things with puff pastry, and they're but salmon. they're, yeah, dy yeah, they're dynamite. Yeah. Like super, super good. When we come next, can you make that for us? Yeah, I will. If we ever yeah. get to come to Canada. If we ever yeah, get to come to Canada yeah. again. And then a huge yeah. big salad, you're good to go. Okay, wow. that'll be in the show notes. Wow. So, and also on my table, ready for you the next time you come to visit. Sounds like as it should. My one thing is actually my day planner. I have the Blessed Is She Day Planner. This year, and I shop for day planners like people shop for cars. I am taken very seriously. Mm -hmm. no. I research them. I do all that because I write everything down. I've never had a day planner. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Maybe but you're I not a journal start. person either. Maybe I'm going to start something new. Oh, you're gonna okay. be starting something. You okay, got so to be starting something. I love it. I love this one. This one is based on you're actually welcome. the Litany of Trust, Sisters of Life, the Jesus I Trust in You, and I love it that it is. But I love the layout. I love everything. Mm -hmm. But I love the state planner, and I love that I started to write rhythms down every mm -hmm. day, and mm -hmm. it just keeps. There's something about writing it down. It's good for your memory, mm -hmm. but it's very mm -hmm. therapeutic, and mm -hmm. so. I love and it's it. a blessed is she one. Yep, blessed nice. is she one. They did a great job. Nice. Good, gir good girls over there. Well, all right. Well, I do love silly things, and for those people watching. Are watching our YouTube I'm channel so right now. Sorry. You can I'm see these so little sorry. <laughs> these tiny. I love random silly gifts like mustaches and just like squishy things. Heather Who Kim, knew? people. Who Heather knew? Kim brought tiny hands to the studio today, and they're very detailed. Tiny hands. They actually have like blood vessels in them and wrinkles. And the the knuckles are amazing. The knuckles are amazing in yeah. these. I'm not sure. I'm not really doing them justice here, but Heather Kim and the tiny hands. Shows them what yeah. you do to me with those tiny. I was well, we'd like to. <laughs> it drives me insane. She's like, this is so gross. <laughs> this she's is like so reading gross. something. We're like stroking her hand with the tiny hands. She's like, and they're like, she's like, <laughs> 
I'm like, like uh, oh. Michelle doesn't even like to be touched a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but then with like tiny hands. So I mean, this the possibilities are endless. I know. Like, I just, just I saw them in the airport and I was like, these have to come and they yeah. need to go to sister. And you because... also have a squishy toy too that you have like a squishy it's colored awesome. like yeah. So you we might see these oh. just around the studio. So for our listeners that are just listening audio, <laughs> they're now go tiny. to our YouTube channel to see these. We'll put a picture in the show things. notes maybe. Yes. Like we. I was praying yeah. with them yesterday. So yeah. we did have a picture of me deep in prayer with the tiny hands. Who knew? Who it's knew? So this is what yeah. happens, people. This is what oh, happens. It's the best 250 I've ever spent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. All right. That's right. That is right. <laughs> oh, anyway. So, well, thank you so much for joining us, dear friends. And it is our heart that uh, Jesus blesses your heart very deeply this week. And any place where. Uh, you've bear wounds from from women, from sisters, and places that we've all inflicted those same things on other people. We just ask for the Lord to come and heal us. We pray for He would restore our vision of sisterhood, restore our vision of femininity, and that He would heal our wounds so that we can be free to love. So we will conclude our series next week on Sister, and until then, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints on our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as short videos, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. Thank you and God bless you.